Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. These last few months has really been awesome as we uh, have been getting into the, the series of uh, the reality of Christianity and going through the letter uh, to the, the, the church of Ephesus. And one of the things that's really been such a blessing to me is how we get to be family together, but also how we are all equal. Like we, we kind of know that in Christian circles, like um, even though there's a past and there's this guy and there's these different functions or, or titles and things like this, we, we always say, yeah, we, we're all equal. We've got the same spirit. But there's still like, there feels like there's a separation, there's a disconnect, like um, in, in, in some way or in some form. And then we feel inadequate at some times. And I really want to just uh, encourage you this evening. Don't feel in inadequate. Uh, God has accepted you. God has approved you. God has appointed you a child and a minister, an able minister of the new covenant. And so uh, see yourself as that. Don't be prideful. Um, don't see yourself lesser than how God sees you and how God views you. Um, because the sooner you start realizing who you are in God's eyes, the sooner you are going to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, the sooner you are going to operate in power, not just in word. And uh, you're going to be a blessing to your family, to your community. And uh, we're going to see some change happening in this nation. Amen. Awesome. So uh, the reality of Christianity, uh, like Shane said, we're continuing on um, in this series. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm, I know I'm going to be blessed as, a, as I'm going to be ministering to you guys. I've been blessed as I've been preparing this, the word. And uh, so let's open up our hearts and uh, just really be receptive to what God wants to do in this time. And as he's going to be using me in my ministry. So just a quick recap from the last time we were in Ephesians when Shane was sharing. Um, he shared a powerful word. It's on SoundCloud. All of the previous words are on SoundCloud as well. And he ministered a powerful word on the gift of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. And uh, we often kind of see uh, uh, the, the, the referencing to different gifts of the Holy Spirit and how there's this gift and there's that gift and there's this and that and the next thing. And when Shane was ministering, um, we looked at Ephesians chapter 4 and we're going to continue in chapter 4 in a moment. But the, the one thing that we need to get is that all of us have got the same Holy Spirit. We don't have a little Holy Spirit. We don't have a kind of a, a, a Holy Spirit linked to how long you've been a, a, a believer for. Like if you've been a believer for three months and you've got a three-month-old Holy Spirit. No, you've got the perfect full statue of Christ living inside of you. Um, you've got his fullness there. And in that fullness, there's a variety of giftings available for you to use. And the gifting is there for you to use. And it's going to be a, ble uh, a blessing to you when you, for example, uh, using the gift of tongues to, to stir up yourself in your most holy faith. But a lot of the gifts of the Spirit is for the body of Christ. It's to be a ministry and a blessing to the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ. And so um, to really see it as that, and uh, it was an awesome time. And uh, uh, one of the other things um, that, that really stood out in that time was that we don't lack anything. And this is really what I opened up with. The sooner we realize that we don't lack anything and that we've got Christ fullness inside of us the sooner we're going to operate in the various gifts of the spirit of god who's living inside of us um, but i'm not going to spend more time on recapping on that it was awesome we're going to jump into chapter four and uh, i'm going to uh, uh, get into verse 14 and then we'll go from there so ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 to 15 from the new living translation says then we will no longer be immature like children we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Now, so verse 14 is opening up with, then we will no longer be immature like children. So in light of everything that we've been looking at, uh, and especially some of the things that Shane got into in chapter four, then in light of those things that we're looking at, in light of the spirit of God and his ministry through 
the uh, prophetic, the Holy Spirit's ministry through the uh, uh, apostle, the Holy Spirit's ministry through the evangelist, through the pastor, through the teacher, through the Holy Spirit's uh, uh, full ministry in the local church and in our lives and through our lives, then we will no longer be immature like children. We need the full ministry of the Holy Spirit and we need to see ourselves full of the Holy Spirit, able and ready to minister as the Spirit desires. And uh, as the as the need uh, or as the occasion um, uh, needs, and that's really something that uh, really blessed me as as I uh, started seeing this, is whatever the need is in the moment, you are the answer to that need because you've got the full spirit of God. You've got the 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 spirit of God that isn't lacking any of the gifts. You've got all of the gifts of the spirit because you've got the one gift, and that's the spirit of God. And this goes against a lot of religious teaching. This goes against a lot of religious thinking in, in, in the church. But we, can, we can't, uh, you can't disagree with the truth that you've got the same spirit, the same spirit, Romans 8, 11, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living inside of you, giving life to your mortal body. You've got one spirit and all of our spirits are the same. And that is the spirit of Jesus Christ, God Almighty. And that spirit has got various diversities of gifts. And we get to operate in those gifts as the occasion uh, calls for a need. And that's really encouraging. So there's a maturing that comes with this. There's a maturing that comes with coming to understand this, the reality of our Christianity. Um, otherwise, we'll, we'll always feel inadequate. We'll always be that believer that says, okay, no, I'm, I'm the guy who's called for. I don't want to use any examples because I, maybe you that guy. Um, I'm, I'm the guy that is called to just put money in the bucket. Like I'm, I'm not the evangelist. I'm not going to, I'm not never going to share the gospel. I get to share the gospel by sending someone else. Now there is a sending someone, there is a financial um, sending forth, uh, 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 enabling people to go out as missionaries um, into the field and uh, to uh, planting grace communities and things like that. There is those things, but all of us at the end of the day, God's will is for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And the only way that someone can be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth is through the preaching of the gospel and the establishing of people in the truth of the word. And that is something all of us can partake in. And maybe your personality um, is wired a specific way, but it's awesome because you're not the only person with that type of personality. So you'll be able to reach people with your type of personality while you're evangelizing them, while you're ministering the gospel to them. Um, so it's really important for us to see that we can partake of all of these things because the sooner we realize that we can partake and be used by God in any given way, shape or form that the situational uh, 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 circumstance uh, or the need uh, is asking for, you can step into that situation because you now mature and you understand your maturity in Christ and the spirit of God inside of you. You don't need to call evangelist Michael. You don't need to call evangelist Etienne to come and now evangelize this person, but you can because God's full spirit, his evangelical spirit is inside of you. Amen. So that's super encouraging. Okay, then uh, going on to just verse 15 again. Instead, we will speak the truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of the church, his body. Now, it's awesome. Uh, imagine this picture quickly and ask yourself Are your arms attached to your body? Are your arms attached to your body? And uh, I know most of the guys in the meeting, I know your arms are attached to your body. So it's not like a, there isn't a, a detachment of your arms and your body. But we re need to realize in that same way that we are, uh, that our arms are attached to our body, we are one with Christ, right? But I love how it says here, um, I want to look at that again, verse 15. Instead, we'll speak the truth and love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body the church. Jesus is the head of his body. We are his body. We are the church and we are one with one another. This is something, there's a unity that we share as believers that an unbeliever will never understand. It's like when you walk into a room or you meet someone for the first time and when it, within the first 20 seconds of being in their company, you haven't shared your faith with them. You haven't shared anything. You haven't talked to Jesus or anything, but there's just an, an immediate connection with them. It's a supernatural connection because your spirits are one. 
And that's the, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. We are one. There might be different uh, things within the, 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 the church worldwide, different kind of beliefs about, about different things, but there's one thing that we have in common, in common, and that's the spirit of God, salvation through Jesus Christ, dying for our sins and pouring out his spirit to live in man. That is a powerful unity that we need to build on and that we need to keep at the core of who we are and God's heart to reach the world and make this message known that he isn't holding their sins against them and we get to receive the spirit of God Almighty living inside of us. Now, just because your arms are attached to your body doesn't mean that they automatically growing or growing in a healthy way at least because a lockdown has made us all add a few centimeters maybe to our waist and maybe to our arms, but it's not necessarily muscle weight, right? Because the gyms were closed for a long time and now they're open again. I know a lot of you are excited about that. Um, but in that same way that your arms aren't, just because they're attached to your body doesn't mean that they're automatically by default growing in a healthy way. And that's the same thing for a lot of us as believers. Just because we are part of the body and we attach to the body doesn't mean we are growing and we are maturing the way that God intends for us to grow and mature. We need to purpose maturity. We need to cooperate with the power to mature that Christ has given us. That's his spirit. Because his spirit inside of us is the enabling power for us to grow, to mature into everything that God has got for us. It's beautiful. Whatever God has called you to do, to accomplish, whatever uh, uh, dreams and desires that are, that are kingdom dreams and desires, if he's called you to that, the empowering is there to fulfill that. We see this beautiful picture when Jesus uh, sends his disciples out into the world. He doesn't say like, hey, guys, go and uh, reach the world and uh, good luck. May the force be with you. Um, technically, the force was with them. The Holy Spirit is that force. Um, but it's awesome how Matthew 28, we, we see um, Jesus says that. And remember, I'm always with you. I'm always with you. And he also promised the disciples continually, I have to go because if I don't go, I can't send you my Holy Spirit. And that spirit, Acts 1 verse 8, is the spirit of power, of enabling, enabling power to do what? Not to just have a comfortable life here on earth, not just to kind of uh, have all of your needs met. Yes, it's awesome to have your needs met. It's, it's, it's awesome to, to kind of uh, um, have a, a, like three meals a day. Like it's a blessing. Let's be thankful for that. But our lives are, are purchased with the, 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 the blood of Christ, not just to have three meals a day. I'm sure a lot of times Paul didn't have three meals a day while he was in prison. I don't know what the prison setup was. Uh, I, didn't know, I don't know how many meals they got. Like, I haven't done that research. Um, but the point is still this, that the, the life of Christ and what he accomplished for us on the cross is so much more than just having our carnal needs met. Just having an above average life for 80 or 70 or 90 years, whatever your, your, your goals are that you've set out, before you, there's so much more to our lives than that. But we need to cooperate with the Spirit. We need to uh, allow the Holy Spirit in us to, to mature, to come to the surface. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit. I love this, this, um, this saying that, and having this understanding, just because you receive the Spirit of God, just because you got born again, doesn't mean that God has just now taken your free will away from you. Every one of you had the free will to come and be part of this meeting tonight. And you chose to be here. There's a lot of people who got the invite and they use their free will not to be part of this meeting. They still believe us. God still loves them. We still love them. But they're missing out this evening. Every day for the rest of our lives, we get to use our free will to yield to, to respond to, to mature in the things of God or use our free will to do everything else and uh, uh, deter us ourselves from, uh, from maturing in the things of God. Now, while we're talking about maturing, I thought this was a grace church. <laughs> You're right. This is a grace church. That's exactly why we're talking about maturing. Because grace is the enabling for maturing. Grace is the empowering for maturing. God didn't just come and forgive us of our sins, but he also came to give us the empowering to live a life free from sin. Romans 6 verse 14 says that sin will no longer have dominion over you because you're not under law, but you're under grace. 
because of grace, because of this, 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 this life-giving covenant that we've got with God, there's an enabling, there's an empowering to live lives free from uh, sin. John 15, we'll have a, a John 15, the, the, the parable of the, the vineyard and the, uh, God being the, the vine dresser, God being the vineyard and I, or us being the, the vineyard and him the vine dresser. John 15 verse 7 to 8 says this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit so shall you be my disciples. So obviously we see this, this picture of fruit bearing is very much on, on God's heart. And there's a glory that we bring to God when we're bearing much fruit. And that is a beautiful thing. And again, like the word that we shared from Luke chapter 7, 47, um, fruit bearing in a life that is, that is yielded and a life that is given over to the things of God doesn't come by you focusing on the fruit. It doesn't come by you focusing on your life for God. It comes by you focusing on his life for you. And you meditating and you being uh, overwhelmed by his life for you. Because the sooner we, we start to experience his life for us, the sooner these things that we are talking about is just going to be a natural overflow. That's what we see in Ephesians chapter 1 to 3 is all talking about identity. This is who you are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in him, in him. And then we get into the overflow of what does that mean? Because we are in Christ, because we've received the empowering of God Almighty inside of us, because our lives are now changed, now we can live in this way. Now we can mature. Now we can uh, develop. Now we can bear the fruit of Christ because we've got the source of him. The Passion Translation, verse 7 to 8 from John 15 says this, or says it this way, but if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my father. That's awesome. This, this picture of fruit bearing is linked to maturity. Now, maturity isn't a, a, a number. Maturity doesn't come by default just because you get older. I think all of us know people who are maybe twice our age and they're very lacking in maturity. And I'm not condemning them, but we need to realize that age isn't maturity. The amount of gray hair that you have on your head isn't maturity. Because then I would be definitely more mature than a lot of you guys. Um, I've got a few few gray hairs. Um, but I call it the, the, the grays. It's not gray it's grace um so uh it's awesome god's grace um <laughs> when our lives bear abundant fruit we demonstrate that you are mature disciples who glorify my father fruit bearing is part of god's heart for us there's a desire for god and we desire that as well we desire to see fruit when we bearing fruit there's a blessing and there's a there's a a, a benefit that we having among one another as well when there's fruit bearing right when we bearing the fruit of of um, being forgiving towards one another, being compassionate towards one another, being tender and merciful towards one another, it is going to bless our community. It will bless our family. But when we're holding grudges, when we are harboring up unforgiveness and offense, it will ruin our relationships. But these good fruits, it comes with maturing. It comes with abiding to Jesus, but not just abiding to Jesus, because we need to understand that every one of us are linked. We are joined. We are united with Christ, inseparable. You are as one with God as you'll ever be. If you've received the spirit of God, you are one spirit with him. You can't be closer to God than you are right now, today. And for the rest of your life, you'll be as close as you'll ever be. Now you can grow in your understanding of what that means and what that looks like. But you're as close to God as you'll ever be. But there's a very important aspect here that we need to understand that helps us mature. Let's go to chapter 12 from John, verse 23 and 24. It says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hours come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat shall fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Now, this is a, a beautiful um, truth that we need to realize. 
one of the main things that will hinder you from maturing, one of the main things that will hinder you from uh, seeing fruitfulness in your life is self, self-centeredness. We see this in Proverbs, self-centeredness uh, or uh, a pride is the, 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 the root source of all kinds of evil. Pride, self-centeredness. We see uh, uh, pride is this picture of elevating your opinion above God's. Pride says, uh, uh, I can do it my way. And this is really uh, what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. They elevated an opinion, something above the reality of God's word, what God spoke to them, what God uh, created them in, in his image and his likeness. And then a lie was sold to them. They bought the lie and they elevated themselves and that lie above the word of God. And so we need to learn to give over to the word of God. We need to learn and we see this picture, and this is really important. I want to just jump back there. We, we are looking at speaking the truth in love, um, verse 15, and said, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Speaking the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Now, if we can't speak the truth in love, and I'm, I'm building on this picture of, of, of self-centeredness and pride, because if you're self-centered and you are in pride, you cannot receive the truth. It is impossible for you to receive the truth, especially when the truth you're receiving is contradicting your truth. When the truth that is coming at you is challenging you in the way that you have done things, what you have believed up until that point. Why would Paul encourage us to speak the truth in love? Why would he talk about sharing the truth in love and linking this to us maturing, to us bearing much fruit? Because without the truth, we cannot mature. John 8 verse 32 says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you don't know the truth, if you're not faced with the truth, you cannot embrace it. You cannot humble yourselves to the truth and that uh, um, pride and that inability to humble yourself to the truth and to accept it is deterring you from bearing fruit, from you maturing. But we need to realize that if we can't speak the truth in love or if we can't receive the truth with humility, we won't be able to mature. So there's a speaking the truth in love, but there's also receiving the truth with humility that we need to partake in. And all of us are different places in our lives and different walks and uh, different stages of maturing. It doesn't make um, God love either of us more or less. Praise God that uh, we are all equal in his, in his sight and he's got no favorites. He's not, not a respect of persons. But the truth of the matter is that all of us are at different places of maturity. And the only reason that someone else in the body of Christ is maybe ahead of you in their maturity or behind you in your maturity is not because God likes them more or God loves them more, but that person has maybe responded more to the love of God, has responded more to the truth of God's word and embraced it and set aside pride and selfish uh, opinions and, and prideful ideas. And no, no one is, is born with more or less pride in this world, I believe. No one is like born and they're just like the, the most humble people uh, ever just because God blessed him with a, a special little bit of humility. No, all of us get to learn and get to grow in, in denying pride, denying self and glorifying God, glorifying his view and his opinion of us. Now, one thing that also happens is as we get into the word and uh, as we talk with Christians and uh, we, we move among Christians, um, Christians tend to um, draw specific passages of scripture uh, and draw, they, they, they tend to draw to specific passages of scripture and leave out some passages just because it, it doesn't fit within their belief system or their lifestyle. And that's exactly uh, why there's such a, a immaturity in the body of Christ and such a lack of fruitfulness in the body of Christ, even, I believe, because it's become this, 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 this club of that club really focuses on, on those things and that club focus on those things. And, and they're not so much about that. And they're not so much about that. 
where have we been called to kind of nitpick the word? Like we've never been called to, to, to pick and choose truth. There's one truth. Jesus has shown us the truth. He is the truth. He is the truth and there's life. And only through him can we experience true freedom. Only through him can we embrace the truth and experience the freedom and the fruitfulness that that truth ushers in for us. We don't get to pick and choose what suits us. Like there's such a, a, a political correctness in this world and um, uh, in our country and uh, so much more in, in other countries like America and Canada. And we need to, as God's church, really arise to the occasion and speak the truth and love. Otherwise, they won't be maturing in the body of Christ. The Bible is, is the inspired word of God. We see this in 2 Timothy Let's look at that. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 from the Passion. It says, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. This is awesome. It's the word of God. We need to establish ourselves in the truth of the word of God. Verse 15, uh, I'll come back to the word of God and uh, that, that statement in a moment. just want to jump down to verse 15 from, uh, I'll read from King James first. It says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head Christ. So there's a growing up. Like I said, you're not, you're not a lesser believer or uh, um, lacking in anything when you've received the spirit of God. But all of us, there's a call to maturing. And this is really something that, that man, this is not a burden for us. The, 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 the call to maturing, the call to fruitfulness, the call to glorify God with our fruitfulness isn't a burden. It's not supposed to be a burden. It's an embracing the truth because as you embrace the truth of who God is and who you've been created to be and you yield to that and you stop uh, elevating uh, your, your, your wisdom, stop elevating uh, the, your upbringing and the cultures that you've been brought, in, uh, brought up into, even Christian cultures and these things, when you, when you just put all those things down and you just have the grace and the, 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 the message of the gospel in front of you and you meditate on that and the spirit of God living inside of you, the maturing is going to be a natural byproduct. But the world is, we, we, we in this, 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 this fight because the world is contending with, with our attention, trying to uh, speak truth to us, trying to uh, manipulate truth, trying to determine and dictate what is reality. So if we're not vigilant, First Peter chapter 5, um, verse 7 says that the, your adversary, the devil, is roaming around. He's seeking someone to devour. So we need to be vigilant, be aware, be awake, be alert. We need to be alert against these things that the devil is trying to, to force and trying to promote. And we need to stand up for the truth. Otherwise, we'll lack uh, and we will not be able to mature. The Amplified says, verse 15, puts it like this. Rather, let our lives lovingly express the truth. So that's beautiful. Not just in our word, but let our lives lovingly express the truth. And all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love, let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head, even Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So coming back to this picture again of the body, there are a whole lot of body. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's a whole lot of body of Christ, like I said, evangelizing. There's a there's a big part of the body of Christ that is doing evangelism. And there's a big part of the body of Christ that is kind of doing a whole bunch of other things. But when we're growing up in every way, I love that. Grow up in every way in all things. Highlight. Make a point of meditating on this. When we grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head, there is the maturity. The maturity is found in that when we start realizing that we have got the spirit of God 
who is gifted in all aspects and all avenues to fulfill its purpose, to fulfill the commission of Jesus, to reach the world with the love of Christ and to um, uh, help people come to the knowledge of the truth. We don't need uh, a specific gifting. We've got the gifting, the Holy Spirit, that has empowered us to fulfill the work that needs to be done. Growing up in every way. Growing up is maturing, maturing in every way, in every aspect. As Jesus was, Jesus said this, John 14, verse 12, you'll do the same works as me and even greater works than these. Now, one of the things that we always jump to when we think of that passage of scripture, for example, is like the miracles, like uh, raising the dead, healing the sick, and it's part of that. But how many of us think about Jesus' ability to evangelize? Jesus' ability to shepherd, Jesus' ability to prophetically speak into situations. Any one of you? Jesus said that you will do the same things as me and even greater things than these. We need to realize that we've got the spirit of God Almighty, that same spirit who ministered through Jesus in every aspect, in every way is living inside of you able to accomplish what you need to accomplish you have been empowered to fulfill your assignment and that assignment might be um might take a specific vehicle so to speak to fulfill that assignment but at the end of the day we all have the same assignment your assignment isn't to be a teacher your assignment isn't to be a doctor your assignment isn't to be a pastor your assignment isn't to be a engineer you fill in the blank, whatever your vocation is, that's not your assignment. That's your vehicle to fulfill your assignment. And your assignment is to reach the world with the love of Christ and for all men to be saved and to lead them to the knowledge of the truth. And we've been empowered with the Holy Spirit to fulfill just that assignment. And it's maybe going to take a specific vehicle for you, um, your vocation and, and all of these things, but we cannot see that as our assignment there's a purpose for you in being a doctor in being engineer and all of these different things but ultimately you can lose your job you can lose your career a pandemic can hit and people lost their jobs left right and center are those people now without an assignment no they still have an assignment to preach the gospel to minister and witness to people Usher them from the kingdom of darkness into light and lead them to the knowledge of the truth. That's awesome. That, that, that's why it's such an exciting time to be alive right now because people are seeking, people are looking for an answer. People are, 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 are looking for things to grab hold of, to find hope in something. And we are the hope to this world, to our nation and to the world. Verse 16 uh, from the Amplified Classic says, for because of him, the whole body, the church, and all its various parts closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which, is it, with which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. That's awesome. Again, uh, uh, illustrating this picture. It's not, we, we used to see it as like, Okay, cool. We 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 different members, and and the one member has that gifting, and the one member has that gifting, and then that member has that gifting. Now, say for example, we are we're a smaller church community like Rondebosch, and there's a few people in uh in this meeting. Imagine a smaller church community, because a church community isn't uh, defined in the Bible as uh, if there's 10 people, then that's a church community, right? So what if it's two or three people coming together, four people coming together. It's impossible for all of them by traditional teaching for all of the gifts of the spirit to be present within those four people. Because we used to kind of say, okay, cool. I have these three gifts and that's like, that's my gifts. Like all of the others, Pity has, has the rest and Sunny has those and, and Kursi has those. <laughs> I'm using Afrikaans names. Um, clearly more uh, Afrikaans than, than English in that sense. Um, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a schism in that mindset. 
And we need to come and understand that the, the, the power of God Almighty is inside of all of us. And the maturity comes with, the fruitfulness comes the, when we understand that each member has the fullness of God Almighty, the perfect Holy Spirit inside of them, ready to minister to whatever the need, uh, uh, whatever the occasion asks for. And there in that lies the maturing of the body of Christ, the, 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 the fullness of God coming into the body and the building up thereof. Verse 16 from the Passion says it like this, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. Now don't get thrown by gifts being plural there has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. We've been given the gift, one gift, Holy Spirit. There isn't many Holy Spirits. There's one Holy Spirit. We've been given that one gift. And in that one gift lie all of the gifts. When we allow the Holy Spirit to operate in his various giftings, we will start seeing a ministry that will build up the church of God. We'll start experiencing something different when we start seeing every believer understanding they've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in that gifting, there's a whole bunch of various gifts that can be a ministry to each individual. But we all have the same Holy Spirit, which hold all of the gifts. We get to manifest. This is We get to manifest the gift that is needed for the situation. Coming to a, a close, let's go to uh, jump down to verse 17. I'm reading 17 to 19 from the message. It says, and so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. They've refused for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. They can't think straight anymore feeling no pain they let themselves go in sexual obsession addicted to every sort of perversion now how do we refrain from getting sucked into the world system calling good evil and evil good we see prophecies about this in the end days people will call good evil they'll call evil good so how do we refrain from as verse 17 to 19 is talking about this 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 picture of being sucked into a specific uh, system, into a specific way of thinking. How do we refrain from it? We need to ask this question because these times, the, 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 the blurriness of the lines are going to become more and more blurred. How do we refrain from falling into that trap? This whole, this whole uh, chapter is talking about a maturing, coming together, coming to understand the spirit of God and every believer and his ministry to us and a fruitfulness that we get to experience when we come to know this reality of our Christianity. Now, all of that is based on one thing or one key idea. James 1.21 says this for us. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of weakness and in humble, gentle, modest spirit receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted contains power to save yourselves. I'm going to read that again. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of weakness and in a humble spirit receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted contains the power to save your souls. It always boils down to the word of God. And specifically, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that in context is talking about the gospel specifically, because the gospel message is the message of the Bible. If we study the word, we need to be looking for how is this applicable to the gospel? How is this magnifying what Jesus was sent to come and do what Jesus was sent to come and accomplish. How is what I'm getting into now adding to that picture? Because if I'm getting into the word for any other message than the gospel, then I'm wasting my time. Because that's the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is Jesus coming to die, Jesus coming to redeem, Jesus coming to say, uh, seek and save the lost and pour out his spirit into man so that man can live in perfect union with God the Father and in perfect relationship with one another because of that unity that we share. 
but it all boils down to the word being established, being rooted in the word. But it requires humility for us to receive the word, to receive truth, especially when the truth that I'm receiving is challenging me and what I've been brought up to believe. Now, until the reappearing of Jesus, I believe that we can have many opportunities to be challenged with truth. I know that we've been challenged as a ministry with a whole bunch of truth the last year or so. Now, the question is, is how are you going to respond to the challenging truth that you are faced with? James is encouraging us to respond with humility. Because it's in humility that we are able to receive the truth, even though it's maybe difficult to receive it. We see this picture in Mark uh, chapter 4, also talking about fruitfulness, receiving the pure word. There's soils and there were conditions, and the soil is representing the heart conditions. And there are soils that had different things influencing it, so to speak, influencing the fruitfulness of the pure seed. And in today's day and age, like you can uh, even just see the uh, political agendas and cultural uh, effects that the world is trying to, to enforce on us as believers. And it will choke the power of the word. It will choke the, 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 the fruitfulness that we get to experience as believers if we allow it. But we don't need to, to be fearful about these things. All we need to do is just keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And in humility, be open to receive the truth as we've been looking at. As speaking the truth in love, there will be a maturity that comes with that as we respond to it. Matthew 7 verse 24 says, So everyone who hears these words of mine, this is powerful. I love um, this, this, uh, the parable of the, the wise man and the fool, the wise man building his house on the rock and the fool on the sand. In verse 24 says, So everyone who hears these words of mine, and acts upon them, obeying them will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, and wise man who built his house upon the rock. Now, there were two guys. They both received the same information, so to speak. And Jesus, in context here, is talking about the word of God. Now, what are you doing about the gospel? What are you doing about the word of God, the message of Jesus? Are you hearing it and are you listening to it? Even tonight, what are you doing with the word that is being shared are you just kind of listening to it or are you listening to it hearing it and obeying what what is needed to obey and that obedience is basically just yielding to the truth believing what the word says versus what you feel because maybe you don't feel like agreeing with me tonight maybe you don't feel like agreeing with shane next week or There'll always be opportunities to be in disagreement about various things. But we need to measure what we're disagreeing with, with the truth of God's word. That needs to be our plumb line. That needs to be our rule of thumb, is the word of God. And then we get to decide, okay, cool. I believe this up until now. I'm faced with this right now. What am I going to do? Am I going to go with what is comfortable, what is convenient? Or am I going to go with the truth of the word, because this lines up with the word, this lines up with Jesus, this magnifying Jesus. Yes, maybe I haven't ever heard this for the last 30 or 40 years or 10 years of me being born again. But hey, like, have you arrived? Have you come to know everything about Jesus in the last 10 years or 20 years of you being a believer? Or do you actually think that there might still be some things that you haven't seen that is still going to be revealed to the body of Christ? It's so simple, actually, when we kind of put it in perspective. Up until Jesus reappearing, there's going to be a whole lot of things that we're still going to learn and grow in and coming to understand about the reality of our Christianity. And that's what this this whole series is really about, is, is making these things so simple for us to understand so that anyone who receives the spirit of God, Atika is an awesome example of you guys know Atika is received Christ a few weeks, probably now uh, a few months ago. And she just received the undiluted message of who Jesus is, the spirit of God living inside of her. And she's ministering powerfully 
when the occasion arises for it to just bring a word and and there isn't a whole bunch of fluff and things that she needs to do before she can actually start operating in the spirit of God and being a ministry to the body of Christ. Now imagine all of us got born again with no fluff, with no additives, with no like, okay, you need to do these 10 years of that. And then you need to jump through those hoops and then cool. Now, now after 20 years of being a believer, now you can go and be fruitful. Well, what happens in those 20 years usually? People become so passive in their Christianity that they actually end up never doing anything. And that sucks because that's not God's heart's desire for us. His heart's desire for us to be fruitful, not just in our lives being transformed, but fruitful and actually transforming other people's lives as well. Last closing scriptures, Ephesians 4 verse 20 and 21. But this is not the way the this is not the way of the life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have really experienced the anointed one and heard this truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. That's such a beautiful, powerful close to uh, to this chapter. I'm going to read that again. But this is not the life or the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. Man, this, this, this whole series is, is opening up so many just the doors of opportunity, so to speak. It, it, it's leveling the playing field. Whether you've been born again for a week, whether you've been born again for 30 years, we all get to operate with the same Holy Spirit, with the same giftings of that Holy Spirit to be a blessing to one another and to accomplish the task, to accomplish our assignment. Now, the question is this, who wants to mature in this meeting? Who wants to be a billionaire in this meeting? Let's link. I want to use a comparison quickly. You need to kind of just acknowledge right now. I can't see your faces. If you want to be a, 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 a if you want to mature and you're part of this meeting, just nod your head or just kind of spiritually speak it out. And just think about this quickly. If someone wants to be a billionaire, what needs to take place for them to be a billionaire? Is it just having a desire to be a billionaire that makes it come to pass? Like how many people are in this world who wants to be billionaires but will never in their entire lives be billionaires? Even millionaires. Why? Because the desire, the want isn't enough. What is the link between what you want and the fulfillment of that? It's purpose. It's action. It's humility. Direction. But ultimately, it's the truth and it's the truth of God's word. Faith in his truth. Humility to believe his word about everything and anything else. The word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is what will usher in uh, a growth in your life. Coming to understand the purity of the gospel, the simplicity of our Christianity. Christ in you. The Holy Spirit, God Almighty in you. And in that, growing in that, coming to understand that, that is why we come together on Sundays. That is, whenever we come together, it's about magnifying Jesus and making him known to one another. Him known not just as in he's there and we here, but making him known in the believer and what he wants to accomplish through the believer. Because a lot of people are about like, oh, I've got Jesus and I've got my fire insurance. I'm going to be with him one day. But there's no transformation here and now on earth. There's no change in them here and now. They, they're complacent. They, they're content with just being a believer by a tick box or, or by association or by culture. Now, let's, let's stop settling for just being a believer who's going to go to heaven one day. Let's start raising our expectation to want to see fruitfulness, to want to see maturity in my life. Stop desiring maturity in the people around you. You start desiring maturity for yourself. Because as you maturing, the people's immaturity around you is not going to affect your maturity. Like, don't let other people hold you back from maturing. Like, you focus on Jesus. You focus on his life. You focus on 
the reality of your Christianity. And by doing so, you'll be a wildfire and people will come and watch and see you burn in a good sense. But we need to start with allowing the word of God to get into the way of what we believe. And the question is, are you willing to allow the word of God get into the way of what you believe? Even if you believe lies, especially when you believe lies about yourself and, and you're insecure and, and you can't look people in the eyes and all of these things, it's lies of the devil. How does God see you? God sees you as his beloved. You are chosen. You are accepted. You are called and invited into the family of God. The Holy Spirit's ministry to you is ministering sonship to you, daughtership to you. Are you willing to receive the truth when you are faced with it? That's a question that we need to ask ourselves. And the sooner that you make a decision of, man, if I'm going to be faced with the truth and it's completely different to what I've ever heard or seen, am I going to give it the time to go and measure it against the word of God? And when I'm faced with the opportunity to be wrong, am I willing to be wrong? Because if you, if you can't decide that right now, if you can't purpose that right now, then you won't accept that difficulty when it comes your way. But praise God, I pray and I believe that the Holy Spirit in you is leading you and ministering to you in this word. And as we've been looking at these various things about speaking the truth in love, receiving the truth in love, and coming to understand God's perfect spirit inside of you and his gifting inside of you, um, uh, is one gifting with various expressions that you get to uh, express as the need uh, arises. The, this is going to usher in such a maturity to us as a body of Christ and as believers um, that is going to be a blessing to our community but also to everyone around us. Amen. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.